Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. We are um, kind of concluding a series today that we've been talking about uh, the power of our words. Kind of just this whole idea that the words that we say really have the power to affect the direction of our life. And uh, it's so important for us as, as believers to really understand and begin to uh, develop this part of our spiritual being of who God created us to be. Like too, too long we've been snared by the words of our lips. And it's time for us to begin to change some things that we've been saying so that we can begin to walk in the fruit of the things that God has for us in that direction rather than just all the things that we've said that are, are causing us issues right now. So we've been using um, uh, the scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, as our theme, kind of our foundational verse for this series. And it's been from uh, what's called the Passion Translation. It says this, it says, faith empowers us to see. It's really a great understanding for us to grab a hold of today that faith is empowering us. It's good to know. Like faith is providing strength to our spirit man. So if you came in feeling weak in the inside, you came in feeling discouraged, you came in feeling down, like we need to strengthen your inner man. And faith is there to empower us. In this case, he's saying faith is empowering us to see something that we couldn't see before, right? So what is it that, he want, that we're, it's empowering us to see? He says, His faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. So when we look at the scripture, it's really, it's really not a surprise why people who don't know God uh, easily believe that in evolution or some other method of creation rather than God, because they don't have faith in God, so they're not, they're not able then to see this, this truth that God created and coordinated everything that we see, right? It's easy to see that way. Without faith, like, we need faith empowering us to see some things in the supernatural that we cannot see on our own, right? Right? Okay. He goes on, he says, he spoke, God spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So it's the spoken word that creates it's the spoken words that brings things out of the invisible into the natural realm. In the first week of the series, we talked about this whole idea that our words direct our lives, right? Uh, Proverbs 18, 21 says, the power of life and death is in our tongue, in our words. So there's a creative force that's unleashed in the words that we say, right? So we have the, the ability to unleash life into situations, or we have the ability to unleash death into situations simply by the words that we say, right? So, we, like, and it shows us in James, we talked about that first week, if we could begin to get control of our tongue, what it does is it develop, begins to develop us spiritually, and then our whole life is then directed by those words that we say. Last week, we had our special guest, our founding pastor, Pastor Caleb Worley here, and he, he talked about how the words that come out of our mouth come from the abundance of our heart, from what's on the inside. And if we really want to change the things that are coming out of us, we need to change what's on the inside because God has... A, he He's called us to be vessels, that if we can be a vessel that God can use, then he will pour out his oil on us. We looked at the story of the widow who went and got all the vessels in her house. And as long as there were vessels in the house, 
the oil of God flowed, the anointing of God flowed into those vessels. So if we can begin to change our perspective on the things inside of us, begin to be, uh, allow humility to come inside of us, we can become a vessel that God can use. It. And as long as there's vessels, God will pour out his oil in those places, right? So good for us. Today, I want to talk about this whole idea of speaking with authority. Speaking with authority. If you missed any of the following weeks, you can get the audio on our, our podcast. There's a link on our website or iTunes. If you prefer video, you can get that on, on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. But today I want to talk about speaking with authority, right? Speaking with authority. It's one thing for us to say some things, but it's another thing to say things with authority, right? To have some backing behind that. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. If you've got the free version Bible app, open up your phone and you can scroll to that there, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We're talking about the power of our words, that truth spoken with authority can release awesome power. It's good. Truth spoken with authority releases awesome power. Verse 13 says, It is written, I have believed, and therefore I have spoken. I believe, therefore I have spoken. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church, and he's referring this to a scripture. He says, it is written. He's referring to a scripture that is Psalms 116, specifically verse 10. There, the part he references, I have written, therefore I have uh, believed, therefore I have spoken. He's, he's referring to the scripture. And, and when you read Psalms 116, uh, the writer is expressing his thanks to God for delivering him out of the trouble that he was facing, right? Uh, I'm just going to uh, paraphrase it to you out of the PCV. That's the Pastor Chris version, right? He's basically, <laughs> he basically says, hey, God, thank you for saving me. You've delivered me. You kept me from falling. You were always there to make sure that I was, you, you brought me out of things. You always had my back. Like, like, you got me, God, and, and I thank you. He's expressing his gratitude to God for, for saving him in whatever distress that he was facing. So it's good for us to know that people in the Bible face distressing situations too. And he's just highlighting the fact like, hey, in the middle of some things, like we can still give thanks to God when we come out of some things, right? In verse 10, he says this. He says, I believed even when I said I'm greatly afflicted, right? So in other words, even in the middle of being afflicted, in the middle of dealing with some pain, in the middle of, of a rough day or a bad patch or whatever we want to call it, he was able to do two things, right? What were the two things? He was able to believe and he was able to speak, right? He says, I believed and there, even when I said, I'm greatly afflicted, right? So he's able to do two things. So what did he believe? When you read that chapter, it's evident what he believed. He believed God was on his side. He believed that God was there for him, that God would never fail him, that God would never let him down, that no matter what he went through, God would never let him fall. He believed that God was there for him. So what did he speak? Right? It's well, we, we see that he addressed the problem. He said, like, I, I, was great, I believed, but I was greatly afflicted. So he addressed the problem, but he didn't just address the problem. This is where so many of us get stuck is we only talk about the problems. We only focus on the things or we only deal with those things and we never come back to the truth, right? There might be facts and that might be one thing. The fact might be we might be in the middle of a situation. The fact might be there's not enough money in the bank to cover all the bills that got coming. The fact might be that there you know, might be a disease that needs, that's trying to attack someone's body. But the truth is a different deal. And the truth comes from God. All right, so this is what the writer is giving us here because so often um, when people, we start talking about the power of our words and like, well, I'm trying to say good things, so I don't want to say anything bad. The writers right here in Psalms, he's, not, he's, he's addressing the problem, so he's not pretending there's not a problem, okay? So when we're talking about the power of our words and we're releasing life and we're releasing death, he's, he's not saying, don't, 
Don't pretend like there's no problem. Like, hey, I'm going to address the fact that there's a problem, but I'm just going to focus on the answer. I'm going to spend my time. I'm going to spend my energy. I'm going to spend my effort on that answer. And like, like the problem's there, but I'm going to deal with the answer, right? So I'm going to spend more of my time, what does God say about it? Because that's truth. I'm going to spend more of my time praying about it and less time just talking about it, fretting about it, worrying about it, moaning about it, posting about it. Like I'm going to spend more of my time dealing with the answer. Come on, somebody. It's good, right? So he's, he's speaking He's speaking about the problem, but that's not the only thing that he says in verse 4 of this chapter. He actually, he goes on and he begins to, he says, I called upon the name of the Lord and he heard me. He saved me. The Lord delivered me, right? So he's given us this, this picture here, like, hey, there's a problem, but I'm calling on the Lord. And there's answer. There's help in the Lord, right? And Paul is trying to get the church to understand this fact, to, to realize, like, there's authority when we begin to speak. Uh, and how do we do that? So he's reminding them of this. And he goes on, he says, verse 14, he says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So he's clearly defining for us the spirit of faith. And that is this, I believe and therefore I speak, right? I believe and therefore I speak. Y'all sound good. That was good. Let's try it one more time. I believe, therefore I speak. Oh, that was better. Y'all are waking up in the house. I like it. Yeah, it's the coffee. It's good coffee. Thank, we are thankful for the hospitality team. Anybody else? Come on, let's give them a hand. They're awesome. Yes, so we believe, therefore we speak, right? So for us, the issue is when we believe what's really in our hearts is what's going to come out of our mouth. You know, so it's that thing like what we really believe when we really get down to it and we really deal with what's in our heart and we really get down in there, you know, it's getting past all the Instagram filters, getting past all the political correctness and all the masks that we wear so everyone thinks that we're good, that we got no problems, that we're blessed, you know, and all these things. And like, and I get alone by myself and then, you know, the things, the, the meditations in my heart start coming out and all the, th- the things that I don't want anybody to know about. Sometimes my spouse doesn't even know about, right? Like it's the, like when we get down into really what's in our heart, like those things are going to come out of our mouth. They're going to be evidenced in our lives, in our actions, and in our words, right? Because the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So when people, <laughs> when, <laughs> When people start saying, like, oh, I'm believing God for something. I'm, really, I'm believing God for this. And then, you know, I just, I'm like, okay. Well, then I just start listening to what they say. And it, their words show that they're really not believing. They're just wishing and hoping. Oh, I'm believing God for this, but I just don't know. It's just, you know, I just, I just can't believe that this would, well, you just said it right there. You can't believe. Right? The spirit of faith is, I believe, therefore I have spoken. It says, that's how we receive salvation. Like we believe in our hearts and then we confess, we speak with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Why do we do that? Because that's the spirit of faith. We have to have faith in that before we can speak it out, right? That's the spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. It's interactive today. So y'all got to be ready. You got to be on your toes. It's like football (laughs) drills, right? You got to be ready. Okay, just making sure. So Paul's defining this for us, the spirit of faith, right? And truthfully, the spirit of faith has never changed. He's not, he's not revealing something new to us. It's all the way throughout the entire book, Old to New Testament. Right? We see it at the very beginning when God created the world. He's, this, he's showcasing the spirit of faith, right? Because he spoke into the, everything into existence, right? It says, and God 
said, and God said, and God said. God spoke everything to it in existence. So evidently God had in his heart creation because like he spoke faith out. So here's a cool thought as I was thinking about this this week. Man, I, I had this thought and I just, I got so excited. I hope, hope it brings joy to your life. God had you in his heart and everything you would need before the universe was ever made. Like, just let, just let that set in for just a minute. Like, God had you and everything you would go through, everything you would need to deal with those in his heart before he said, let there be light, because, like, he, had, he believed in his heart, and therefore he spoke it out of his mouth, because that is the spirit of faith. So he knew you were going to be, like, that's so good. So he, even way back then, when he first put all, like, he put all the stuff in the earth that we would need in this day and time. That's so good. Like, it's no wonder then why there's such a battle to discredit God as the creator, right? Because if the devil can get people to believe that God is not the creator and to believe his lie that it happened some other way, then it's a whole lot easier to not believe that I was created on purpose, that I must just be an accident, that God doesn't have good plans for me. And then all of a sudden there's no faith in me to believe anything. And now I can't even say Jesus is Lord, right? So it's no wonder there's such a battle, right? But I'm just telling you. God created everything we see, and faith empowers us to see it, right? Come on, it's good this morning. It's good. It's true. We see it all the way from the beginning. We see it all the way through the New Testament and all the way through at the end. We're going to look at some of those places today, but I just love the fact that God gave us the ability to create the way that he did. You ever thought about that? God gave us, it says, all of us have been given a measure of faith. So it's up to us how we use it. It's up to us how we exercise it. It's up to us how we let that thing grow in our lives, right? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Not by hearing by the word of CNN, not by hearing by the word of Fox News, not by hearing by the word of your favorite movie star or their latest post or your favorite top 10, you know, song that's out. No, it comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? So if we want faith to grow in us, guess what? Like, we need to hear more of God's word. We need to get in there more of that. Like, that's how faith is going to grow in us. This is how scripture tells us it grows, right? So if we want belief in us to grow, if we want the spirit of faith in our life to be more evident, then we need to grow the faith that is in us. And God gave us this ability, right? We know because now we know what the spirit of faith is. I believe and therefore I've spoken. That's what God did. He gave us the ability. So we might not be able to create like, we might not create like a universe and planets, Pluto and the moon and stars, but, but we can certainly speak into the environment around us and change situations. We can release things in the supernatural realm, that's the realm that we don't see with our eyes, that's just as real as that realm that we see with our eyes, and we can cause things to be released, we can cause things to be held up, we can change things, we can change what we're currently experiencing what we're currently walking through by the words that we say when we speak with authority, and that is speaking with authority is with the spirit of faith, right? So authority begins where the revelation of God is, right? So if we want to begin to operate in more spiritual authority, then we need to begin to understand what is God saying? What is he speaking? If I really want to have spiritual authority, authority begins where there's a revelation of what God is speaking is taking place, if we want to exercise more spiritual authority, then I need to know what God is saying, right? How do I know what he's saying? Well, you know what? A great place to start is what he's already said. He put it in a book, 66 books for us, all, all packaged together. We've got it in print. You've got it on your phone. You've got it in your pocket everywhere you go. It's available. It's right there. It's God's word. Let's just start right there. And then we begin to learn his voice and learn how he speaks 
to us. So when I need faith built up inside of me for something, right, what do I need to do? I need to, make, I need to be putting faith into me. I need to be putting the word into me so that when I come into a situation and I'm faced with something that seems impossible, it seems like now I have nothing, right, that faith inside of me then tells a different story so that it, that's what comes outside of me instead of everything else. Let me show you this process in Scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord uh, Jesus, right? So what he's just giving us a picture right here, right off. He's just setting the table. He's like, you need to know God in a personal way. Like, it's not about head knowledge. It's not about memorization. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. Like, that's what he's giving us the picture of here. So it's like, sometimes you ask people, do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know, I know those Sunday school stories. I believe in God. See, um, believing was never the destination. Right? We know, like, believing it doesn't even make us saved. Like, we believe and then we speak, right? So believing is not the destination. Like, there's relationship that takes place. It's not head knowledge. There's, there's a different level of knowing. He goes on, he says, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Isn't that good to know? God has given us all things that pertain to life on this earth and to how we can live it in a way that pleases Him. He's given us all things. So the question that I ask is, how do I get it? Anybody else want to know, right? Isn't that a good question to ask? He says, this will come through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, right? So if we're going to receive it, we're going to, it's going to come through our knowledge of him, right? How do we receive it? He goes on, he says, by which you've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, say, through these. All right, let's try it again. Say through these. There you go. I got you guys. He says that through these promises, through these exceedingly great and precious promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. So we're going to take part in or receive everything that God has for us that pertains to this life here on this earth, like through the promises of God. That's how we're going to take part of everything we're going to receive from God. It comes through faith. We partake it through the precious promises. What are the precious promises? That is the word of God. So everything that God has given to us, he's given to us in the form of a promise of his word. And so when we begin to believe it in our heart and speak it out of our mouth, like with authority, then we begin to possess what the promise promises. Okay? So the word is like a seed, right? Jesus told the story of the parable of the sower, right? The sower sows the word. He's sowing the seed. The word is the seed. It's the promise, right? If you wanted to have uh, some, some nice corn on the cob for the 4th of July, we love to take it, cook it on the grill, you know. It gets all, it's amazing when you cook corn on the cob on the grill. It's amazing. Try it this week. Uh, but if you wanted corn on the cob, you, you don't start with a seed. You don't start with a single corn kernel because that would just be hard to eat and crunchy and you wouldn't even be able to eat the whole thing. Like a kernel, a corn seed, you have to put into the ground. You have to have good dirt. You've got to cover it up. You've got to water it. You've got to make sure it has sunlight. You've got to make sure it grows up, that no little, little critters come and try to eat it. That seed has got to grow into a plant. And over time and days and weeks and months, then you finally have corn that you can take and eat on the cob, right? It's the same thing with the word. The word, the promise has been given to us in seed form. So we take the seed and what do we do? We put it into the soil of our hearts. That's why Jesus told the parable. He said there's lots of different kind of soil 
and all the different kinds of soil produces in different results. The same way a farmer knows, don't plant seeds along the dirt that's right along the side of the road because that soil is full of rocks and dirt and trash and it's hard and everybody, well, if you want to have a crop that grows and grows well, you need to have the best dirt. That's why you got to buy miracle Grow at Home Depot for $6 a bag or whatever it costs. You know what I mean? Because you need good dirt if you want to have a good crop. So like, like our hearts are the ground that the word is planted in. So when I'm facing something, what do I do? I need to take the word and plant it in my life. I need to begin to say it so that faith grows in me. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, you know what? Um, who's the best person to help you to hear the word on a regular basis? You are. You are with yourself 100% of the time. I'm not with you all the time. So, you know, it's not like if you're getting up in the morning Looking yourself in the mirror. You're so good looking. Right? <laughs> if you don't tell yourself out in the morning, you could add it to your routine. You know? I'm not standing there next to you while you're brushing your teeth saying, hey, you're made in the likeness of God. Greater is he that is in you this today than he that's in this world. You are more than a conqueror. But you are right there with you. You are with yourself when the boss is yelling at you. You are with yourself in the car. You are with yourself all the time. So what better way, what faster way to hear the word of God to build up faith in you than out of your own mouth? So if we want faith to be built up inside of us, recognizing like it's our individual responsibility to build up faith in ourselves. And I have the greatest tool. It's my mouth. So when I begin to speak God's word, guess what? I begin to hear God's word and it begins to build up faith inside of me. It begins to strengthen my faith. It's like lifting weights. I, like um, Clarence, my friend right over here, he is, he is cut, but he cannot lift weights for me. I asked him to, but it did not work. It worked for him. I've got to do it for myself. So I've got to speak to myself. I've got to begin to say God's word so it builds up my faith muscles. It begins to build up me so that then when I walk into a situation, I'm, I'm, I might be surprised by it, but I'm ready because faith is strong inside of me. On your seats this morning, there's some sheets like this. You can grab those. These are for you to take. Put them in your Bible, put them in your notebook, put them in your purse, or put them in your wherever, your briefcase, whatever is with you all the time. Just have them handy, have them be ready. These are just word confessions, like getting the word on our lips, getting faith built up inside of us, because we've got to replace some things that are inside of us. So if when I face with something and, and, and out of my mouth comes doubt or uncertainty or thing, like then that's what's in my heart. So I need to then beget faith in my heart. I need to begin to get belief in my heart so that my believing is in God's word and not in everybody else's word, not in the doubt that comes my way. I've got to replace those things with the word of God. So in those moments, like, man, I've got to pull this out when I need healing. And I've got to report from somebody my family or or I've been at the doctor and I need healing in my body man who's I'm going to believe the report of the Lord I'm going to begin to say with my mouth I believe that I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord in this earth Psalms 118 verse 17 it is God's will that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers third John 2 I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb of Jesus right first Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19 right I need to begin to put the word in me I need to begin to get it on my lips I need to begin to declare and decree this word so not only that it takes place but that it begins to build belief in me why does it need to build belief in me because the spirit of faith is i believe therefore i speak i believe therefore i speak so when i'm facing lack 
when I ain't got enough money to pay the bills that are coming my way or there's some need or there's some deficiency in some area of my life and I like I need to get those seed. I need to get the word and I need to get planted in my heart. I've got some on here for you right on the back, right? Provision, no good thing will the Lord withhold from me because I walk uprightly, Psalms 84, 11. My God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, verse 19. I give and it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Do men and women give to my life so I can give again. Luke 6, 38, right? Man, we need to begin to get the word planted in us, get it on our lips, let it build faith in us, and begin to believe that thing so that we can decree it. What about when our, when our family and our kids leave the house in the morning? Right? What if we'd begin to speak the word over them, begin to speak life over them? I got someone here for your children. All of my children are taught of the Lord, and they are obedient to his will. Great is their peace and undisturbed composure. Isaiah 54, 13. So some... I'm going to step on somebody's toes here. Sometimes like, we just need to not stop saying, oh, they're having a meltdown right now. Listen, great is the peace of my children and their undisturbed composure. We need to change the things that are coming out of our mouth because the words that we speak out of our mouth are building a framework around the lives and the future of our children. It's the same way when you were to build a house. They would get two-by-fours, and they would begin to frame the house, build up the skeleton of what it would look like around it. There's nothing fancy in there. It's just two-by-fours, but it's building the structure that's going to support everything that this house is going to have, and everything, everyone that will live in that house is supported by the framework that was built. And if it's built with cheap and shoddy materials, guess what? When the hurricane comes, baby, that thing going down. Our words are building a framework around the lives of our children, and we're either building them up with the Word of God and building that framework around them, or we're using shoddy materials, and when life comes and knocks on their door and blows, blows on them, guess what? It's going to have a problem standing. we got to begin to speak life over our children, begin to speak into their future, begin to declare and remind them who God's Word says they are, because if we don't, this world and this generation is telling them who they are. We've got to tell them. We've got to let the word of God be the things that come out of our mouth. When anxiety is trying to set in my life, panic attacks, all those things, how are we going to get rid of that? I'm telling you, God has given us everything that we need in this life, in this life. Everything we need. So if we need to break out of panic attacks and depression, God has given us the ability to do that. And he gave it to us in the form of his word. So we need no fear in our lives. I got some for you right here. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27, verse 1. I will be strong and of good courage. Man, I don't know about y'all, but faith is being built up inside of me right now. Can you, like, can you tell? Like, as you begin to read it, man, man, something is beginning to change. There's something shifting. I might not be able to understand it or explain it, but I don't have to to have faith to believe, right? I'm, I am, will be strong and of good courage. I will not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. Somebody. Joshua 1 9 right in righteousness I am established right I am far from oppression and destruction fear will not come near me I am far from terror and it will not come near my dwelling Isaiah 54 14 come on somebody the word of God changes things in the environment y'all know uh, the spiritual realm is is unleashed by the words that would begin to say angels respond to the spoken word let me show you in, let me show you in the scripture i got to skip down a little bit. Psalms 103, verse 20. It says, praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding and obey his word. See, the angels are listening 
for the word to do it. Like they're listening for the word of God that is spoken so that they can carry it out. Let me show you another place. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Daniel's praying. He's seeking God. And the angel comes to him and appears to him and begins to speak to him. He says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response for them. So Daniel began to pray. He began to speak some things out, and the heavens began to respond. Angels were dispatched at the words that Daniel said. So you can unleash angels around your family. Angels, go with my kids today. Keep them safe. Encamp around them. Let no evil come near them or near their dwelling place. Like we can unleash angelic protection or we can hold them up by the words that we say. I'm telling you what, we can speak with authority when we begin to speak the word of God. Job 22 verse 28 says, you will decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. So it's time to step into the light, baby. It's time to come in and allow our words to begin to to decree some things with authority. That's speaking with authority, to decree something, to speak with authority. It's the spirit of faith in us that I believe, therefore I speak. Let me show you what Jesus said about this. This is Mark chapter 11. Jesus is hanging with his disciples, and, and they're walking towards Jerusalem. And it says, the next day they were leaving Bethany, and Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance the fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. And when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So what did Jesus do? So open book test. What? He spoke to a tree. <laughs> now, before you get, I'll be like, why is Jesus talking to a tree? Just remember, when you were driving home this last week, all the cars you were talking to. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guilty right here, okay. <laughs> Story continues, they go, to, they go to Jerusalem, right, and they go into the temple, and this is where Jesus is like overturning tables and flipping things over, and people are selling things, and he says, it says that he wouldn't even let people walk through the temple if they had things to sell, like, he's like, my father's house is a house of prayer, right, and here he is with his disciples, and then they, they, he's teaching the people in the temple. The next morning, it says, verse 20, they went along, and they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Jesus remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Jesus said this interesting phrase, have faith in God. So Jesus is saying this to his disciples. He's saying it to people who believed in him, who followed him, people like us, right? We believe in Jesus, we follow him. So he's saying there's authority that when we speak, there's authority that's released to say to an obstacle, an opposition to something in our way, hey, you have no place here, you need to move, right? He's saying that when we speak with authority, there's sickness that we can speak to that has to leave, that there's lack that we can speak to that can't stay in that place anymore. He's saying that we can speak to things in our way and have them be gone. And let me show you that's what he meant in the next verse. He says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, to this obstacle, to this thing standing in your way, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So when we believe in our heart that what we say with our mouth will happen, guess what? Things happen. Right? Now this is kind of where people um, in the past have taken this whole idea of the power of words and misinterpreted it, have abused it and used it. There's been all kinds of things. I'm not talking about name it and claim it, okay? Like, it's, God is not a slot machine, right? 
This is not Aladdin. God is not the genie in the lamp, and he's not, we're not rubbing the lamp, and he's just doing whatever we say. It's one thing for us to just say something. Oh, I'm going to receive whatever I want. No. Like, it's one thing for me to say something. Like, I only have so much power and authority, right? But when I begin to say what God says, there's a little bit more thunder in the voice. When I begin to declare what he's already said, and his word never changes, like, there's some authority. There's some backing behind that. But when I'm just on my own, doing my own thing, like, I'm on my own. Like, we got to realize, like, we got to begin to have the revelation of what is God speaking, what has God said. And when we begin to believe that and we begin to declare it and decree it and we don't doubt in our heart, man, we will see the things that we believe and say, they will happen. Right, this is what Scripture is telling us, right? This is what Jesus was saying. There's, there's authority to speak to sickness that has to leave. Uh, in 1 Kings 17, Elijah is there uh, in the first couple of verses, and he says, um, there won't be any uh, rain except at my command. And then it happened. There was no rain for over three years. Um, so where, where did Elijah get this to happen? Because here we see him speaking something out, and this begins to happen. He got a word from the Lord, and he believed it and began to decree it out. And it happened, right? We see this happening. This is what's happening. When we begin to understand what God has said, then, man, there's authority. That's where authority begins, right? Another time, Jesus is with his disciples. I just want you to see throughout Scripture this whole idea of our words have authority through the spirit of faith, right? Mark chapter 4, Jesus is with his disciples. He's preaching to the people. This is actually one of the places uh, that we have recorded where he shares the parable of the sower, Um, that we talked about where the word is being sown and the different types of ground. You can read it there in Mark chapter 4. He's sharing that parable. He shares some other parables with the people. And then at the end of the day, he gets with his disciples. He says, hey, let's cross to the other side, right? Verse 37 says, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. What a cool detail. Jesus is back there like everyone else is up in arms, worried, freaked out, and Jesus is back there all comf on a pillow, just like taking a little nap. That's a cool detail, you know, and it just, it just shows us that uh, just because everyone else is living in fear doesn't mean we have to. Yeah, just because uh, other people uh, live without joy doesn't mean we don't have to. Right? Just because other people live a certain way doesn't mean that we have to, right? We have peace. We have the Prince of Peace. I love it. He goes on, he says, the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now these disciples, his, they were his boys. They had seen the miracles and they were, many of them were experienced fishermen. So they'd been on this lake before. It wouldn't have been the first storm they sailed through. They knew what to do. They were <laughs> experts and yet here they are and they're freaking out about this. Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind and says to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And as he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So what is the indication of that statement that he makes to them? Right? Apparently, he expected them to exercise their faith to quiet the storm. He says, why did you have no faith? Why didn't you take care of this thing? I've given you the authority. I've given you a spirit of faith to believe and speak. Right? Listen, Jesus didn't come to the earth to regain authority for himself. He already had authority in heaven. He has all authority. He's up in heaven. Angels do whatever he says. He already had authority. So he didn't come to earth for himself. He didn't even come to earth to pay for his own sins. He's perfect. He's spotless. 
Like he had no sin. He came to earth to pay for our sins, right? We know he came to earth to give us authority back, right? The first, Adam and Eve, they had authority from God, but they sinned. They chose to sin, and sin entered the earth. They gave, in that act of sin, they gave their authority to the devil, right? Jesus came to pay for our sins, to regain authority for anyone who would be willing to take his name and put their belief in his word and begin to declare it with authority. Like that's what Jesus came to do. So he said, I've given you the spirit of faith. I've given you the ability to do this. Why did you have such little faith that you could do it? Why is belief not in your heart in this place? When we begin to understand that we have authority in the name of Jesus, man, faith begins to rise up. When we put the word of God in us, we can begin to exercise that authority because that's the spirit of faith that God has given us. So for too long, the devil has had his way in our families, and we've allowed it by the words we've said. Like, and it's time for us as believers to begin to change some things in our hearts. Maybe some of us need to change some things that we've been believing because just everything's been flying out of our mouth. And it's time to be that we stop being tripped by our lip and we can't, so we're done being hung by our tongue, right? We need to begin to speak life and begin to decree some things so that we can get moving forward in the direction that God has for us and direct the course of our lives. So let's just begin to do it right now. I don't know what it is in your life that the whether it's doubt the enemy's coming at you hard with. Maybe it's maybe it is lack. Maybe it's a provision that you need in an area and you just don't see where it's gonna come. Maybe it's uh, yeah, maybe it's confusion. There's questions like, God, what is the direction? I need direction from you, God. I need I need wisdom to know what to do when you felt like, God, I can't hear you. Today God is speaking to your heart. There's faith being built up inside of you. 